Welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast, and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday indeed. My name is Alex Reamer. Always great to chat with you all. Thank for make thank you for making me and this podcast a part of your weekly routine. Those of you who listen carefully may notice that I begin each episode with a phrase along the lines of, Happy Saturday, we've survived another week of our dystopia. I say that because we're going on month nine of the coronavirus pandemic. I say that because cases are continuing to rise throughout the U.S., over 100,000 a day now. Uh, the economy is cratered, and it's just it's just generally not a very good time. And I still partially mean that this week. However, though, if you have been waiting for Donald Trump to get voted out of office, this week may have given you more joy than you've experienced in quite a while. Uh, I should say I'm recording this show on Friday afternoon, so Trump is scheduled to speak Friday night. I think Joe Biden is scheduled to speak as well, so maybe the earth will get turned upside down in a matter of hours. That certainly has happened quite a bit over the last four years, but uh, for now, I think it's pretty safe to say if you've been waiting for this day, uh, well, this week may have given you more joy than you've experienced in quite a while. Uh, I won't go all politics this week. I want to spend some time talking about uh, a story that I wrote on Outsports on Friday, because I'm here to promote myself. <laughs> no, because I think it actually, and in, uh, in our Slack channel, Sid Ziegler pointed this out. Um, Bane Pettinger is a uh, player agent in the NHL, the National Hockey League, and he publicly came out as gay this week in The Athletic. Pierre Lebrun, one of the great ho- hockey journalists, wrote the coming out story. Uh, he's a player agent, and Sid mentioned this in our Slack channel, that that's very significant because oftentimes agents have been one of the forces against players coming out while they're active. So the fact that an agent himself has come out as gay and received the support he has from the NHL community and stars like Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid is a very big deal for what we do at Outsports. So I do want to spend some time talking about that. Uh, In case you didn't guess, uh, in case you uh, didn't already notice, we don't have a guest this week. Uh, my apologies. Uh, I did a couple of overnight shows this week, and when I do that, I uh, hide in a cave for a couple of days and just worry about survival. <laughs> so uh, booking the guest, and also, to be honest, I just kind of wanted to babble this week. And it's my podcast, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I do have a couple of takeaways, though, from this week beyond just if you've been waiting for Trump to get voted out of office, you're probably very happy. Um You know, I do think there are a lot of important lessons to be learned for uh, what's often described in mocking terms as the Blue Checkmark Brigade. And I actually have been called a member of the Blue Checkmark Brigade by uh, Barstool founder Dave Portnoy. So thank you, uh, Al Prez. Uh, You know, I I think that over the last four years and really five years, uh, Trump has been a constant presence in our lives since at least July of 2015, when he ascended down that escalator and declared his intention to run for president. Uh, I was looking back the other day. I wrote my first article about Brady, Tom Brady, having a MAGA hat in his locker in August of 2015. So it's been more than five years of Trump being a constant presence in our lives. And Throughout that time, there's been so much aggravation, so much anger, so many trolls, and it's so easy. And Trump is, to those who don't like him, such a repulsive and repugnant figure that it's just so easy to 
dismiss any of his supporters and mock his supporters and say, I don't want anything to do with his supporters. I've, I'm, I've said those words in many mediums many times before. But this week was a wake-up call because we can talk a lot about Joe Biden receiving at least 74 million votes, which is incredible. It blows past the popular vote record. He'll beat Trump soundly in the popular vote, as Hillary Clinton did four years ago, by the way. Democrats, as we know, have won the popular vote in six of the last seven presidential elections. But let's not forget that Donald Trump himself will receive at least 70 million votes before this is all said and done. So, While Biden has set the record for popular votes, Trump has blown past the previous record as well, set by Barack Obama. So at least 70 million voters chose Donald Trump. That's more than last time, significantly more than last time. In 2016, about 63 million votes. So significantly more this time around, as I said. And it shows us that... Trump voters are not a minority to be mocked. Now, maybe the crazy MAGA people are, you know, the people you see praying outside of the Clark County Election Department, that barbecue beer and freedom guy (laughs) in Georgia, QAnon, uh, insert your MAGA Republican congressman here, uh, Fox News people, Lou Dobbs, all Twitter, all these people. They're nuts, sure, and they should be mocked if you, and, and all that. I'm down with that. But Trump voters are a sizable percentage of the country, and thus a sizable percentage of all of our audiences in the media. You know, as I was saying, many find Trump to be so repulsive and so odious, and he can be so enraging. It's been so hard to think beyond that. But it's time to do that given this election and how it turned out. I think we should stop being so elitist, really, for lack of a better term. Clearly, 70 million people voted for Trump. I don't think it's all misinformation. I don't think it's all Russian trolls. There's something there that's resonating. And one of the common narratives has been, oh, it's white people. Blame the white people. And obviously, white voters again carried Trump. He won them 57 to 42, as Republicans always do. It's worth noting, though, it's slightly down from Trump's support among white people in 2016 by a percentage point, 58, and down from the percentage of the white vote Mitt Romney got in 2012, 59%. Um, Trump received more white women this time, 55%, than 2016. And when you dive into it this year, if you look at the exit polls, Trump won 12% of the black vote overall, 18% of black men, 8% of black women. He doubled the support among black women. In 2016, he won 8% of the black vote, so he, du- so he added on 4%. The Latino vote has gotten a lot of coverage. Uh, this year, Trump won 32% of the Latino vote. It swung Florida in Miami-Dade County. Uh, Hillary won by nearly a 30-point margin in 2016. In 2020, Biden won by only about 7 points. Trump closed the gaps in border towns in Texas that went for Obama and Hillary by like 40, 50 points. He closed that to, to in some cases, single digits in in those counties. Uh, You know, overall in 2016, he got only 29, he got 29% of the Latino vote. This year, as I mentioned, 32%. So overall, he increased. And 
for our purposes, perhaps most pertinent, LGBT people. In 2016, Trump got 14% of the LGBT vote. In 2020, Trump got 28% of the LGBT vote, according to exit polls. Now, a lot of people say exit polls are not perfect. They're not scientific. People can lie. I get all that. But we can't just dismiss it all to irregularities. As I said, clearly something is happening here. 28% of the LGBT vote. That's a lot. Now, I would like to see that broken down into sections of the LGBT community. As we know, we are not monolithic, far from it. Uh, I would happen to guess that probably gay men and white gay men in particular make up the majority, the vast majority of that 28% of the LGBT vote that Trump received. But maybe not. I don't know. I mean, 28% is still a big number. And it's just so, again, my overall point is, yes, white non-college voters remained his biggest demo, along with people who make more than 100000 a year. So that hasn't changed. But He's seeping into all sorts of areas and all sorts of people and all sorts of demographics. So I really do think this is a wake-up call. You know, I mean, the pandemic rages on, the economy is cratered, and yet the Democrats lost House seats and right now are not on track to regain control of the Senate. So what happened? You know, and again, I think some introspection needs to be done, and more importantly for our purposes— I, I, I think that us in the media who just dismiss Trump voters and Trump supporters as these MAGA flag, MAGA hat wearing, uh, you know, people on Facebook, it's wrong. It's clearly wrong. And the exit polls show us that it's it's a <laughs> Trump had the most diverse coalition a Republican has had in my lifetime, certainly. And I'm 27. I, I mean, that may sound crazy to say, but it's true. The numbers bear that out. So I think, again, to use that phrase again, a wake-up call for some of us. In terms of sports, sports going forward, I think, will be less political. It was already going to happen regardless of who won, but I think we're going to see it accelerated in that direction. As we know, sports have, yes, always been political, but they've never always been political like they have the fast, past four years, if you catch my drift, there's been no separating Trump from sports, really Trump from anything. And Trump himself is the one to most blame for that. I mean, he called NFL players sons of bitches for kneeling. He's ripped LeBron James and ridiculed NBA ratings, NFL ratings, any you know, Kaepernick, outspoken black athletes. I mean, that's been one of the most consistent uh, themes of his presidency, ripping outspoken black athletes. So uh, Trump himself is most to blame for the constant politicization of sports, if and when he does indeed leave office. Um, crazy, you have to even say if. But so when he does indeed leave office, assuming these results hold, um, we're going to see a lot of that calm down, I think, because most Im- most importantly, it, do- it may not make as much sense from a business standpoint. You know, I've always had a bit of a skeptical eye when talking about these sports leagues and their embrace of a lot of these social movements, and it's a topic we've revisited a few times on this show. If you go to a Nielsen study in July, I dug this up this week, a Nielsen study in July found growing support for the Black Lives Matter movement among American sports fans. Back in July, at the apex of this, all the protests, 76% of NBA fans say they supported the movement, 72% of NFL fans 69% of baseball fans, 
and 66% of hockey fans. That's huge. And thus, I think those numbers are may have been the ultimate reason why you saw the NBA say, we'll paint Black Lives Matter on our court. You can have social justice slogans on the back of your jerseys. Ditto for the WNBA. All of these leagues took stands. Roger Goodell said the words himself, Black Lives Matter. All sorts of donations and contributions, which will continue, and they should. But it was this huge push. And it was really, again, you saw the Black Lives Matter logo on the court, and then the NBA logo right next to it. I mean, I should say you saw the Black Lives Matter words on the court and then the NBA logo right next to it. I mean, this was league-sponsored stuff because they saw that their fans support it. Not the case as much anymore. An October Cantor poll has support for Black Lives Matter among sports fans down to 60%. So that alone, I think, you'll see some of this back off. But the biggest reason why you'll see some of the, a lot of this recede and go back to normalcy, if you will, is Donald Trump has been such an omnipresent figure in our culture for five years now. He's dominated every single conversation. It's been so suffocating. And now with him leaving, probably leaving, looks like, as of this recording, that's going to change. And there's going to be so much wide open space. What will we do with it? That's the question. I know what we'll keep doing at OutSports is telling great stories of out people in sports. Athletes, coaches, broadcasters, fans, and now agents. Bane Pettinger is an agent in the National Hockey League. He represents players. He works for CAA, one of the premier agency groups he came out publicly to the athletic this week as i mentioned pierre lebrun wrote the piece pettinger had been out to his family for about a decade his brother matt actually had played in the nhl for 10 years including seven with the washington capitals so his family knew hockey family then he started telling more friends but only within the last year he says he started to tell his friends and connections within the hockey community. Now, in addition to being an agent, Bane Pettinger is so well plugged in because he was Hockey Canada's manager of hockey operations and men's national teams from 2010 to 2019. So in that role, of course, he met several NHL stars, including Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. So in the story, Pettinger talks about the support he's received from the hockey world. Sidney Crosby texted him, We're happy for you, and I'm sure it feels good to get that off your shoulders and to be able to be you. Connor McDavid texted him. Doesn't change a thing in the doesn't change a thing, dude. Honestly. Just happy you're happy. Just happy you're happy. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now we know that the hockey world is changing. We've profiled numerous out men's high school and college hockey players over the last year in out sports, including Steven Finkel. Uh, who reached out to four NHL players on social media prior to coming out. And they all responded with words of support, which is super cool. Uh, An elite teenage Canadian hockey prospect came out in September. We had that story as well. And now Pettinger is part of that group. As one would expect, he says it's liberating to be his true self. But this story really does say that professional athletes, and let's be honest, 
we're talking about male professional athletes here because the WNBA, women's sports, women's professional sports have always have had more out LGBT people than men's sports, men's team sports in particular, uh, you know, ever since people, ever since we took notice of these things. So I'm really talking about the men, but the atmosphere has just changed so much. I mean, it, it's now commonplace for superstar male professional athletes in these major leagues, team sports, to express support. You had Gronk in an NFL National Coming Out Day video. I mean, go on down the line. LeBron, uh, you know, pretty much every star NBA player expressed widespread support for Jason Collins when he came out in 2013. That was seven years ago at this point. The atmosphere has changed so much. Now, as we talked about a couple weeks ago with Ryan Russell, who's an NFL free agent and came out as bisexual last year, there's still a long way to go, and there still are no active, openly gay male pro athletes in these team sports. So that does tell you there is a disconnect from the culture we see and how gay people in sports feel, but... It's so much more accepting than it was when OutSports launched 20 years ago. I mean, it, you know, I look through our archives once in a while, and we tweet out old stories once in a while as well, and you see stuff. You know, Mike Piazza says he's straight. Jeff Garcia says he's straight. Troy Aikman says he's straight. I mean, would you ever have a, an athlete make a statement like that today to declare their heterosexuality? If you did, they would be widely ridiculed and probably have to apologize, <laughs> to be honest. I, they would. Um, it's just, we've come so far. And uh, it's, uh, it's, worth, it's worth looking at the progress there as well. And agents are often thought of as one of the forces against players coming out. They're perhaps afraid of losing marketing opportunities, how it would look from an image perspective. You know, all of those worries and fears. Well, now you have an agent himself in pro sports in the NHL coming out and saying, I am gay. That's another barrier broken down. And that's really cool as well. It's worth looking back at our progress and really reveling in our progress. And that is a great example of that. So thank you all for listening to another edition of the Sports Kiki podcast, episode number 39. As always, please, if you have any guest ideas, topic ideas, shoot me a message on Twitter. My name is at AlexReamer1. That again is at AlexReamer1. Against my better judgment, my DMs are open. Talk to you next Saturday. You're here in the East Coast, at least. It's a beautiful weekend. It's like 70 in November. I'll take that. Talk to you next Saturday. So long. Thank you as always for listening.